This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 74 for the week of April 22nd, 2007. Welcome to Daisenshu EX, the podcast. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daisenshu EX. We cover anything and everything. Everything Garzi's wing. Fuck you. <laughs> what, you don't like Garzy's wing? It is a visual masterpiece. Everything Dragon Ball. Also a visual masterpiece. Where? What's the rest of the light? In hopes of enlightening. And a little bit of entertaining myself. And confusion among the masses. Garzy's wing. It, it's anime. And so is Art of Fighting. <laughs> Mary! Hi. How are you? I'm doing pretty, pretty swell, sir. You, you're a female. Oh my god, really? You are on a Dragon Ball podcast. What is wrong with me? Pigs are flying outside, hell has frozen over, and that can only mean one thing, that I am indeed Mike Labrie, Vegito EX. Yes. Yes, you are. Yes, And, and those weren't true. pigs flying outside. Those were ducks. Ducks, in fact, that you were chasing. I was... Maybe I'll That's how we spend our, our pre-dinner um, fun. I have pictures. Oh, yes. Uh, not with us this evening, Mr. Julian. He He's is in at, a better place. He is at a convention. Julian's at a convention without me. He's on reconnaissance. Or so we wish. <laughs> Julian is at Anime Boston this weekend. He's dancing it up and checking out panels and talking to people and spreading the word, the good word of Daisenshu EX. Probably not. No. In fact, the Funimation panel already happened today. Oh, did it? Yes, it did. Anything exciting? Um, just some release dates. However, this will not be a boring Funimation panel. This will be a boring Daisenshu EX podcast. No, it's not boring at all. We have all sorts of great, amazing things this episode. It is just Mary and myself, but we will overcompensate for Julian's missingness with uh, maybe some more contest information and uh, some some cool discussions and reviews. So uh, before we get into the news for the week, which is pretty amazing news, we have a little bit of how you say errata from last week. Whoops. So we did a little tapion discussion last week, and we were talking about how it took so long for the movie to come out in the U.S., blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't know where you made this blunder. I, I slipped into internet time frame feelings where six months on the internet feels like two years you know what i'm saying i kind of do yeah i know you kind of do but that still makes you kind of wrong it makes me wrong but it makes my point even more valid though if you say so i i do so movie 13 in the u.s came out last september which is not two years ago but what makes my point more valid about that is i thought it came out two years ago it only came out a couple months ago so it took even that much longer it took more than 10 years years for that movie to come out in the U.S. So it took even longer for fans to truly see and bask in his gloriousness, not within a movie that says, fuck you fucking fuckers, fucking blew up my fuck 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 house. I love those classic lines. I do too. Totally not true, but no, not I true thought I was watching a badass show back when I was you know, 17. Showing it off to like your eight-year-old cousin. I was. Like, hey, check this out. They see fucking Dragon Ball. Wee! I was like, hey, you like Dragon Ball? Well, you should see the real Dragon Ball. Hey, hey, is your mom away? Let me show you this fan sub. Vegeta says, fuck. It's fucking know, awesome. I don't want to know where else this went. No, that's okay. as far as it went. You weren't the, the creepy older cousin? I, I was the creepy older cousin. Show me on the Frieza doll where your cousin touched <laughs> you. 
Wait, I was the cousin. I was the creepy cousin. Let, shall we continue onwards? Yes, before right. I incriminate myself further. All right. Mansion contest. We are giving away DBZ Movie 8. We're going to give it away next week, so make sure you tune in towards the end of this episode. For those details on the contest, very easy. In fact, it's a fun one. Your idea, no less. I just blurted that off off the top of my head, and I'm, I'm very happy that you're using it. We've gotten yes. some funny responses on the forum from people that aren't interested in winning this prize, right. but they want to partake we got lots in of the creative aspect. Actual injuries as well, too. Oh, good. Cool stuff. Uh, oh, more, another thing about last week's episode, in the emails we were talking about bootleg CDs and how to identify things, I actually put up a comparison, two scans, of the back of DBZ Hit 5, the back of a Sonmei CD, and the back of the Columbia CD. So you can actually see the differences. You can see on the Columbia one, there's the, the release date, catalog number, all that kind of stuff. So check out last week's uh, forum thread on Dizen Chewy X for all of that cool stuff. Uh, oh, man. It's been a hell of a Dragon Ball week. I've been listening to Dragon Ball music nonstop at work. I, I can't stop me. It's an addiction. Gwah. Gwah. <sighs> is it good? It is good. Does it feel like being a fan back in the day? It kind of does, and that's going to lead into the topic this week, the uh, the review we're going to do, which is going to be the oh. Dragon Ball Z Best Remix 2006 one half special. We're going to be reviewing that new CD. Well, it came out last December. We're only right. just now reviewing we're it. We're kind of slow on the uptake, yeah, but we right. do the best we can. So we'll be talking about that in just a couple minutes. Other Dragon Ball stuff this week, I received in the mail yesterday from Australia my The Saga of Goku two DVD uh, single, not really box set, but in the Funimation style where it's one case. And I was extremely confused because it was in the Funimation style. Right. Well, because in Australia, they can put, they can put it out because Trimark, Lionsgate, whatever you want to call them, their um, home distribution sub-license, as we call it, doesn't apply down there. So they can just put this out. So you can import it, right. so to speak. Well, we're not going to review that set uh, this episode. I'd like to do that in the next week or two after we watch it. I'd like to review the set overall. It's the Australian, PAL, Region 4, etc. release. So we'll talk about that. Right now, it's the only way you can legitimately get DB episodes 1 through 13 subtitled. So cool. cool stuff. I'm glad we got that. I am too. We'll talk about that in the near future on episodes. In fact, I think it's my favorite Dragon Ball box art. I, I like yeah. most of the Dragon Ball box art that's yeah. put out by Funimation, but this one, it's, really I, nice. it's just it's nostalgic images of characters that Definitely. I recognize. Definitely. I remember the first Anime America I ever got. It had a Sailor Moon on the cover. That's why I got it. But on the inside there was a little article about anime currently on TV in the US and there mm-hmm. was a little picture of Dragon Ball. I think at that point I might not have seen the show on TV but I remember looking at the picture which is the picture they used for the cover of this box art and thinking, oh, oh what what cute happy looking characters. Yeah. I should watch that show. And you did and the rest is history. Oh yes. Wow. I just remembered all that. Sorry for going <laughs> off on a tangent. One last tangent before we get into the news. Talking about other countries and this just kind of popped into my head this week. I would like to trade things with people from other countries. And I think the best way I can phrase it is non-funimation controlled countries. So this would exclude places like Australia, Canada, to an extent um, Mexico, but maybe not. Uh, the UK, because they all get Funimation stuff, and I can just get that myself. I'm really looking to get things like CDs from Germany, CDs from Chile, that kind of stuff. So if anyone from these, like, not weird countries, but places where Funimation... Non-English speaking, non-Funimation distributed countries. I just want to get some stuff from throughout the world from people. Maybe the Philippines, that kind of stuff. Of course, my dream would be to get Songs of a High-Spirited Saga from someone in the Philippines. I will will mail you Mary if you send me this CD. (laughs) I am not a mail order bride. You can have her. If someone can find me and if it's sealed, you can keep her. So, that's the deal. I appreciate that. I want to trade up to a house. (laughs) Like the red paper. Wow. 
Wow. Yes, I, I understood where you were going there. I want the house. So that's my thing. So if you're in any of these countries, we can trade stuff. I mean, if you want to get some American exclusive games, I could pick up like Transformation on GBA for nine bucks new sealed and trade for that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in that, um, drop me a line. I want to talk with you, see what kind of stuff you have in your cool countries. He wants to make you an offer you can't refuse. And now, you know what rhymes with refuse? It's the news. As we started recording, I had two newses. <laughs> I had two newses, Mommy. Well, guess and now, what? It's doubled. <laughs> and now it's double newses. We have four things to discuss as we go to press. Literally. As they would say in the legitimate media. First bit of news. Funimation up on the Z Store now has entries and box art for those two Spanish DVDs coming out next month. Now, gee golly, these DVDs sure look familiar. Yes, they do. They have the exact same cover art in a slightly modified form. It's the same poses like the Goku and the Piccolo as the Ultimate Uncut Editions that began coming out. Now, see, here's where I need to pause for a second and through the magic of podcasting, check my site for a release date and then come back and know what I'm talking about. The Ultimate Uncuts began coming out in April 2005. Two years ago. Two years ago. Actual. years ago. (laughs) 27 years ago before it was on tv in japan that's when funimation started with it no in internet in internet years in internet years you know my site is like retired yeah you're you're like 75 (laughs) anyways we'll get back to the news here so funimation's got up the entries for them box art for them um the second disc is actually indeed called el plan de piccolo not el pan not piccolo's bread (laughs) Which would be equally amusing. I want to see that more so. episode. Yeah, I want to see that too. So uh, thanks to Lavender Saiyan or Cyan, I don't know how you want to pronounce it, on our forum for um, just putting up the links to these things. So they're also about nine bucks over on Z Store. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of distribution these get in stores. I am curious to see how far they go with these releases. If I know. these are to be a match to the Ultimate exactly. Uncuts, are they just going to stop at the same point? I know. Will they just drop this as well? It wouldn't surprise me in the least. Okay, what strikes me as most odd is the lack of announcement for this line of DVDs. Yeah, absolutely nothing. No press release, just it showed up on Right Stuff one day, mm-hmm. which happens all the time, but there's been nothing since. Uh, we don't really know. So we will, again, continue to keep you informed as things progress with these Spanish releases. We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast for additional news on these Spanish-Mexican releases. That's right. We have found out this morning some interesting follow-up news on these releases. It turns out that these are not simply the um, ultimate uncut releases, just with a different language. These are actually the episodes from the Season 1 remastered box sets, which means widescreen. Widescreen, the faux remastered, just shit stuff that we've been rallying against when really hate. It turns out, and I was checking out over on the Funimation forum of all places, it looks like these DVDs started coming out in Mexico earlier this month. And they either have two out or they've put four out already. I know there's a site they link to that has uh, the box art four volumes of this. Now, the Mexican releases of these are separate from our releases of the Mexican version of this. So there's a little differentiation going on there. But I have to assume it's going to be the exact same content on the discs. And what that is, is just like you said, Mary, 
that video from the remastered season one box set, which we hate, widescreen, uh, and the Mexican dub. Now, there seems to be a little conflicting stuff about whether or not we're going to get a Japanese track on this as well. We may. I think the Mexican one did, and we might get a Japanese one on this. But regardless, I mean, this just brings it back to, well, why didn't they just put the Spanish track on our season one box set and eliminate the need to overproduce this kind of thing? I mean, I assume audio tracks don't take up that much space. How hard could it have been? I mean, it does take up enough space, Mm. but not to the point where they couldn't add it on. It's just really ridiculous. I mean, it looks like they're pretty cheap in Mexico, too. We're getting them for $9. But it's, dare I say, redundantly redundant. Because we've had these episodes on the Ultimate Uncut. That got cancelled. We got our Season 1 box set. That didn't have the Mexican dub. Now they're going to re-release the Season 1 box set without the English dub on it and put back the Spanish track on it. it this is just Funimation, like, 1999 all over again with their bizarre decisions that make absolutely no sense. Agreed. So, that's that for now. Check out X the home page for more information and we're going to cut back now to a regular podcast recording with the regular news and all the other fun stuff so let's go back there now next bit of news not really uh too interesting but it's uh notable and funimation uh, as well related news the ad for season two remastered box set which was just put up in the latest domestic shonen jump um i would assume you pronounce it demon core but maybe it's damon core i don't know how you want to pronounce in it in my head i've always read it as damon core, but it's actually but... demon oh it is yeah okay it's a, a computer term oh golly gee and you, should that know, you should know it from snow crash no one read snow crash to me out loud That's true. Actually, uh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So, the ad doesn't mention anything about widescreen. It mentions everything else except the widescreen. This doesn't mean it's not going to be widescreen, but I think it's a pretty good indication that Funimation recognizes how much backlash they've gotten over this from just about everyone. I don't know. I mean, everywhere except for here, I see people pretty pleased with it, and that breaks my heart. Yeah? Yeah, I would scour. What are you reading? Like, um, I'm not even sure what types of forums they are. I guess it was for very, very... Are, it might they have been like very... the fact that it's widescreen? Yes. That's, really? Yeah, it must have been, like, really casual fans. They're like, I like the fact it takes up my whole TV. Oh, I hate those I hate that ratio, logic. ignorance kind of things. <laughs> and that's what it is, ignorance. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to be down on anyone, but... That's what it, it comes it, down it's, to. That's what it comes down to, yeah. But there you go. That's just out there. Hey, we're getting a call. Let's see who it is. Hello, you are on Dizen X the podcast. With who am I speaking? Good, yes, how are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. Good, what's going on? I'm heading over there right now. That sounds like a great idea. Awesome. Awesome indeed. Awesome to the max. <laughs> to the utter, utter maximum. Yes. 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 So uh, I'll be there in about 20 minutes. That sounds like a plan. All right, later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Anyways, back to the news here. What were we saying? Ignorance. 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 Je- Jeff is ignorant? No. Oh. Next bit of news. Let's talk about things I don't know about. Xbox. Com- computer and Xbox. <laughs> computer and Xbox on cable and television. Yes, Mary, that's the reference. You don't have to go that far with it. I did it. But I appreciate it. 
Mary, did you know that Dragon Ball Online is coming to the Xbox 360? I might have heard that. Where would you have heard this? I would have heard that on Daisenshu EX, the website. <laughs> of course you would have, because we are awesomeness. We are awesomeness to the max. Maximus. Max. <laughs> this was left as a note on our forum on the evening of April 14th by Oliver. I think it's Oliver Haig. I don't think it would be Hegwe. I think it's just Haig. So, Oliver, let me know how you pronounce it, but we'll just say Oliver. Left us a little note. There's a job posting in Japanese saying, uh, we, we kind of like someone to work on an Xbox 360 of the upcoming Dragon Ball Online MMORPG that is coming up for the PC in Korea and Japan. Now, the great thing about this job listing is that, unlike in America, you can specify what sex you want, what age you want. You can totally discriminate in ways you can't do here. Absolutely. So, uh, just going down the list, we're looking for someone who knows how to program games, blah, 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 familiar with um, role-playing games. Description of duties. Development of the MMORPG Dragon Ball Online. Client or server application programming and debug duties for development of a 3D online game for PC and next generation game systems. And down in the application qualities desired traits, it specifically mentions MMOG development experience desired. Maybe that's supposed to be MMORPG. I think I copied it from Julian. Maybe he left out some letters there. Xbox 360 development experience desired. So, this is a pretty... Pretty good indication that it's coming to next, next, next generation home video game consoles near you, or at least near you in Japan. I would say so. So uh, we will continue to let you know about this, and we'll have it up a day before Dig does, because (laughs) we're the hotness. Right. Except the Dig link will... You know, link to someone well, else. Well, somewhere completely GX. different, but that's all right. Even but, though you uh, broke the news. <clears throat> Cough. Well, Oliver broke the news. Well, yes. But we broke it for him, I think. Unless Oliver found the news someplace else. Unless he stole it from somewhere else, but... This is why we need to but, sort but, our sources. But, but, but if I'm ignorant of that, does that make me immune to political drama? Let's move on. And let's move on indeed. The last bit of news, computer-related. I don't really care about it, but I think it's interesting. And it's called DB Source. And Desiree Campbell mentioned this on the forum. It is a mod for Half-Life 2. It is currently at version 0.1, and it focuses on the Saiyajin arc. I went to the site, and pretty much all of the sections are broken, but I think you can download it. And I don't know about computer games and how things work, but I think it's like one of those shooters that I don't play and never enjoy. But maybe some people out there enjoy it, and it wouldn't surprise me if they get a cease and desist, especially since I'm talking about it. Um, so sorry. Well, the fact that it was on... <laughs> was it on Dig? Uh, I don't remember. I read so much stuff Dragon Ball related on Dig lately, it's I been he- insane. I heard it on Orange Lounge Radio this week. Little mm. quasi-mention at the end of the episode. So it's getting out there regardless. Yeah. So there you go. C&D is forthcoming. That's true. I hope not. Well, I kind of do. I don't really know how I, I feel. I kind of do because I'm an asshole. <laughs> I love C&Ds. They get me all hot and bothered. Oh my god. Let's move on into the topic for the week. This week we are going to be reviewing the Dragon Ball Z Best Remix 2006 One Half Special CD. That's a mouthful. It is. It came out last December, in fact, December 20th, 2006, in Japan. Now, we didn't know too much about this CD. If you look at the title, 2006 One Half Special, the hit song collection series, Way the Hell Back When, had two One Half Special CDs. There was Eight and a Half and Eighteen and a Half. And both of these were pretty much exclusively remix CDs. And they were remixes in the sense that they were heavy metal remix or jungle fever mix kind of things. 
Like or, actual remixes. Like, when you think of a remix, you think of like today's hip-hop remixes or dance remixes of songs in America. That kind of remix. There are also things like piano versions of songs. I guess you would call them alternate takes on songs. And that's kind of what we assumed the CD was going to be when we first saw the title. Because it had one half special in it. We said, oh, that's just a throwback to the old hit song collection CDs. That is not what this is. It's not what either of us expected. But I really enjoyed it. And I know going into it, you said, oh, that's pretty lame. But after listening to a couple songs, I remember explicitly we were in my car down by the pet store and you said, hey, this is actually pretty cool. Yes. I mean, I remember I was mostly disappointed because I thought it would be remixes. I'm a big fan of Dragon Ball remixes as a whole. So when I found out this CD wasn't that, I was like, oh, well, what's the point? But once I actually sat down and listened to it, I was like, oh, okay. I can dig this. So what the CD really is, it's re- mixed versions of songs. And I guess the best way to describe that is going back to the original masters of the songs, redoing the mixes of those songs. Like the various audio tracks, the instruments. Right, the directionality, all that stuff, and just making it very, very pristine sounding. Like today's perfect audio quality. Because, you know, some of these came out in 1989. Yeah, it was kind of hard to believe the songs were that old when I was listening to this CD. Right, they they still sound quasi-dated from that era, but the, the pure audio audio quality of them is just so strong. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go track by track and just give a couple little thoughts about each of the tracks on this CD and then maybe some overall thoughts about it. So the mix of songs on this is pretty interesting. Most of them, you have uh, your big themes, your uh, two openings, two closings. You have a couple movie closing themes and then there's also some good image songs on here as well. We got some upbeat stuff, we got some ballads. And uh, some pretty fun changes, I will say. Let's just start it off track number one Chala Head Chala. The arrangement is slightly different. Now, I'm not sure how many people will notice this right off the bat, but at the very beginning of the song with those, like, sounds, it sounded to me like the English version of Hironobu Kageyama performing this song from his Mixture CD. The musical arrangement in that song sounds slightly different from the original version we know from Dragon Ball CDs. Those kind of sounds are just very short sounding, and they're not as drawn out. This is getting really, really musically nerdy, but I noticed it right away. I said, oh, that sounds like his English version of the song. Overall, this song seems like it has the least done to it, though. I mean, it just sounds like a very clear Headchala. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit more stereo directionality, and um, probably the most prevalent thing I noticed was in the the breakdown of the song, where it just kind of goes like, and you hear those cymbals in the background. The cymbals are really, really clear sounding, as opposed to uh, kind of muddy from before. That's really all I have to say about it. It sounds like it had the least done to it. Track 2, Dete Kori Torikiri Zenkai Pawa. First closing theme to Dragon Ball Z. The voices at the beginning of the song, those just completely unintelligible voices. They're very clear. Exactly. They're they're brought up a lot more. They sound very clear. You still have no idea what they're saying. And then there's this kind of, what I'm going to call the default echo effect that they use a couple times throughout the CD. Like the one new thing they added to some songs. Right before the main vocals come in, it kind of goes like, oh, 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 oh. Echo off to it. Echo. Right. And 
And uh, the other thing I noticed about it is the the slap bass sounds a lot more distinct and prevalent throughout the song. And that's all I could come up with for Zenkai Power. We're going to get into a couple image songs, and it's not that I don't know the songs. I, I do know them pretty well, but they're just not that interesting overall, a couple of them anyways, like Ayan no Chikyu. And the only thing I really noticed about it is that the background chimes are a lot clearer. It's just a slow, not all that interesting of a song. I believe it was on Neverending Story Disc 2. I have to wonder why they would pick this song for this release. Like, what's the, so special about it? There's a couple um, image songs on here that are just, I think they're Japanese fan favorites, because they've been performed live at some of those performances like the Dragon 98 Live they were on Neverending Story they were on Legend of Dragon World so either the artists really like them or the Japanese fans really like them I can't really tell but, but they're they, just not our favorites they, they, right but they seem to pop up time and time again I don't really have anything against them I may have liked more actual Dragon Ball songs on here but we'll get to that So we'll move on to the next track, which is Ikusa, which is the closing theme to Dragon Ball Z Movie 2. Now, I know I like this song and you don't, right? I, I don't care for it. I don't dislike it, but I don't really care for it. Immediately, I noticed the coolest thing about this song originally on CE was its, I, I hate to use the word continuously, but its stereo directionality, where it went do, 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 left to right and then back and forth again. Mm-hmm. This version doesn't. It's like completely center channel. You're right. I, look, why would they change it? I kind of defined the intro of the song to me. Why they would change that, I, I really don't know. And then the, uh, the get it has that, as I say, the new default echo effect on it. Just kind of like, why would they do that? It's not really distracting, but if you know the songs well enough, you kind of notice it. And another the song just sounds clearer overall. Not a whole lot else to discuss about it. Next track, something I've rediscovered my love for this week, and it's Hikari no Tabi, yes. which is the closing theme to the Bardock TV special. I have been listening to all my variations of this song nonstop, looped, back to back, all week long. Uh, the original version, this new 2006 version, the piano version, uh, the Philippines version, I've just been listening to it over and over. I love this song so much. This song had probably the most significant change to it on this CD. If you remember the original version of the song from the hit song collections, or probably never ending story. 
story. It has this minute long kind of doodle doodle doodle. Yeah, it's a very it. a very long instrumental build up. Yeah, it's a great build up, and I love it a whole lot. Except for sometimes where I just want to get to the vocals. This version cuts it's, to the it chase. just cuts to the chase. It gets right in there. It's a great arrangement of it. It is so clear. The voices are just beautiful together. I love this song so much, and this version just lets me enjoy the original version of it that much more. It's that much clearer. It just gets right into it. Um, I love it. One of the best tracks on Definitely the CD. Definitely one of the best tracks on the CD. Track 6 is another um, image song, White and World and True. This one I'm not too familiar with. No, I, I don't have, I wrote no real comments for it. Another <laughs> never ending story, disc 2 song, just slow and uh, I don't dislike it. Next track, track seven, Kimi ga Hiro. Closing oh, theme to DBZ Movie 6. This is one of my favorites. Absolutely classic song. The uh, the blasts and the booms in this version just feel so much more powerful. Just that <laughs> kind of sound to them just really kicks in. What else can I say about it? It is definitely one of our favorite songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're always singing it. Yes. You are the hero guy is part of our daily vernacular. Practically. <laughs> like, we say it so much, I forget that it, it originates from, you know, a Dragon know. Ball song. We just kind of say it. It's just so ridiculous, I say. You're the hero guy. There seems to be um, a lot more production on the whoosh sounds in here where it goes, and then those part like the oh yeah yeah the build up to the chorus those sounds just sound and then they cut off I don't know it you'll definitely notice the difference if you're familiar with the song I love the song so much and that's another great addition great choice for the CD. <laughs> Track 8, another um, image song, Oga no Kampasu, or Kampaso, I don't remember. Golden Compass, uh, another one that was on Dragon 98 Live, or whatever the name of the live CD was. Just uh, a slower Hironobu Kageyama image song. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't, but it's on there. Next 
next track, another image song, but one of our favorite image songs, and that's Cool Cool Dandy. This is so ridiculous in its upbeatness, and um, it completely has nothing to do with Dragon Ball. This is one of those image songs that makes a whole lot of sense for this, though, because it's just got that distinct sound to it that is so much better the clearer it gets. The bass and, yeah, and the horns. and Definitely, definitely. Um, it's one of those songs that can benefit the most from this. True. I like that about it. Uh, there seems to be a lot of new uh sounds in this. <laughs> a lot of thrusting. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually making thrusting motions here. Uh, this one does or has a great use of um, updating things to the left and the right sound channel, just moving things back and forth. I think they just did a great job updating the song with what they had. It's one of our favorite songs, and it'll definitely be one of your favorite songs, if it's not already one of your favorite songs. Next track is Burning Fight, which is the closing theme to DBZ Movie 8, which is another interesting choice because it's never really popped up anywhere on anything special. Didn't have any remixes, it didn't have nothing anywhere. It wasn't on any real compilations other than theme compilations. I wonder if it's because it hasn't appeared anywhere that it's not really a favorite of mine. Because oh. it hasn't really been given a chance to shine, so it's right. kind of like, okay, it's a movie ending theme. Eh. I think it was a good choice, though, because it's another one that has some distinctness to it that can shine. And that's the horns throughout the song. And I think that's something that they probably could have done more with or thought they could have done more with. I don't think it really quite worked out in the end, but it's a welcome addition. Like you were saying, we haven't really had it a whole lot. Another song I like more than I dislike it. So gotcha. it's good to have. Track 11 is uh, another image song, Mother Universe, another slower song. I think there's maybe one too many slower songs. Yeah, on I have this. to agree. Not that I dislike the slower songs. He's probably like, no Tabi's might <laughs> been listening to it all week long. But if they're not directly related to the show, I would rather have seen either like Brain Dance, one of those image songs, the peppy mm-hmm. fun ones we really. I would liked. have loved to have seen an updated version of uh, Space Power people. of Smile. Oh, I was going to say DBZ. Space People Anything DBZ was like story because <laughs> that was a dance song to begin with. But I think an updated version of something that's already a dance song mm-hmm. would have pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Let's keep moving on, though. We're almost done here. Trek uh, 12, We Got a Power, second opening theme to DBZ. Uh, I think this one sounded the most updated to me. I'm not sure what about it. The opening fanfare just sounded really big and booming and clear, and it just really gets the song going. The verses arrangement also sounded a lot clearer to me. I couldn't put my finger just what about it. Uh, the chorus background vocals were brought up 
a whole lot more in this version. You can just hear them very distinctly, and I think it adds a lot to the chorus of this song. And uh, the guitar solo, everything about this just sounds great. And of course, it was one of the later DBZ songs, because it showed up in episode 200, um, 200 to the end. So by then, it was already, you know, that much better than some of the older songs. It just sounds great. I think it was an obvious choice and a great choice. Track 13, Bokutachi wa Tenshidatta, which is the second closing theme to DBZ. The uh, the low piano during the verses, which you may not even really hear in the original versions. You can hear a lot more distinctly, and it's just got a... This song, it sounds ominous at points, but it's like a hopeful, ominous feeling. That makes no sense. Uh, it doesn't have to, because it's my description. <laughs> And I think it just brings that up so much, and I loved hearing all the things that you wouldn't otherwise hear in the song. Uh, the chorus background vocals sounded redone to me. They were much more male-sounding. I don't know how to describe it. The song it. got a sex change. Maybe it did. So that's track 13. Track 14 is Kimi no Sora A, which is another image song. But, you know, we did an episode where we did our um, top five image songs. I can't remember if this was on my list. If it wasn't, it needs to be because I remembered how much I love this song. It's uh, the big vocalists all getting together. It's like a gang vocal song where everyone's together singing together. It's just, it makes me smile so much hearing all those voices that I've been listening to for years and all these songs all together singing. Everyone's so happy. It's such an amazing song. I just love it. And it made me go back and dig up some uh, other songs of choruses of maybe characters or other singers singing together. One of my favorite ones is a Kenshin song where everyone's singing together. I was just kind of playing these back and forth. I love all the, the vocals together. <laughs> And that concludes the CD. That is Dragon Ball Z Best Remix 2006 One Half Special. So overall thoughts, now that we've gone track by track. Mary, let's discuss real quickly, who is the CD best for, other than Vegito EX? (laughs) (laughs) I would honestly have to say the Japanese fans, especially the ones that have a soft spot for the music. 
and know it really well. Exactly. It's not that you can't enjoy it if you don't already know these songs or don't have them elsewhere. A surface level description would just be, it's a compilation CD with a bunch of cool songs on it. And you can take it at that value and it works perfectly well. But it's got this deeper level to it where if you know all the songs have been remixed and you know the songs really well and you start picking out all these little intricacies of it, you kind of fall in love with the songs again. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I I didn't realize I liked some of these songs as much as I did. Like, Cool Cool Dandy for me was the big one. Like, I always enjoyed that song, but with this Mm -hmm. version of it, I was like, oh my god, this song rocks. (laughs) But then there were songs like Hikari no Tabi where Mm -hmm. I already knew I loved them, but this made me love it more. It just solidifies it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what this makes me want really badly is what we were hoping the 2005 versions of the two CD singles, Makafushigi and Hedgehala, what we thought those were going to be. And that's truly current sounding updated versions of the songs. Not just taking the original masters, but completely redoing them with real guitars and real drums, exactly how the Budokai 2 and 3 songs were performed with Hironobu Kageyama and Steve Lukather and Tower of Power. Just, you know, a full real band arrangement. As you listen to the guitar solos in these songs, and you think like a very current 2008 fucking screamo version of We Got a Power. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, We Got a Power, definitely. <laughs> that, would, that would be awesome that would be so amazing sounding so i'm really hoping that they do something pretty awesome for the tv series maybe 25th anniversary which will be coming up wait that was this year wasn't it no, no. this was the 20th of the tv series started in 1986 so we've already passed the 20th anniversary of the manga so maybe something awesome for the 25th i i don't know i want something on an anniversary i want all sorts i want a new ova i want updated cd with current redone versions of all these wow you want 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 I, give me give me give me sense of entitlement <laughs> yeah right <laughs> See, the thing is, I would pay for it. Gotcha. I would spend so much money on this stuff. So there's our review of the CD. At my last checking, I didn't see it on CD Japan. I actually ordered it from Play Asia. So we'll give you a couple links where you can buy this. And it's pretty cheap. I think I got it for like 22 bucks. Not bad for a Japanese CD. And that wraps up the review. Where do we want to take it from here? Hey, let's do a top five. What the hell? Eh, no one likes those top five lists. No one wants to hear that. Oh, yay. Don't get my hopes up and the people's hopes up. Let's call Julian instead. Okay. Hello, Julian. Hello? Hey, how you doing? Who is this? It's Mike. I can't hear you. <laughs> it's Mike. We're recording the podcast. Oh, man. I can't hear anything on the truck. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're great. What are you doing at the convention? Dancing. Dancing? Yes, but I did go to the Federation panel. How was it? It was okay. They discussed, for example, the first season of Dragon Ball Z that was out and plus the second season. They said, particularly regarding the live stream, that it was a tough choice, but they made it anyway. And, and let's see, they also covered One Piece, but no new information other than what we already know. That's awesome. I beg your pardon? What? Oh, dear. Um, why don't I get back to you later? That sounds like a plan. We'll check in with you later. Okay. All right, have fun. Live from Anime Boston. <laughs> it was Julian. I have no idea what he said. I hope it was cool. So he did. I heard what he said. Maybe I'll hear it better he, in editing. He kind of was on reconnaissance. Oh, Jesus. Now look who else is here. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's Jeff. He's not on reconnaissance. 
What's going on, Katie's? Uh, we just talked to Julian. He's at Anime Boston, so oh, we just okay. checked in with him. He's oh, dancing. Cool. What? Dancing? Yeah. You mean? Oh, wait, I wait, think I, from last episode he was saying he was either going to go dancing or do yeah something. He else. ended he up doing both. Both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's one way to deal with it. Hey, pull up a, a chair or a yeah. cushion or something. Okay. Why? Look at this handy cushion. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> cushion on wheels. Yay. We just finished up our topic. What was the topic? Uh, we reviewed this, the CD. It was a remix CD. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, we just talked with Julian, and uh, we said we were going to do a top five list, but I don't think we're going to oh, We're going to do a top five list. Woohoo! Mary, we are doing a top five list, and you're bringing it back in style. I'm bringing it back in the way that I know how. That's and right. And that is with Trunks. With Trunks. This is going to be Trunks' top five embarrassing moments. And he has quite a few. Enough to make a list. That's great. Let's just get right into it. Trunks' number five most embarrassing moment. That would have to be the majority of the Trunks TV special with him getting his ass handed to him by the androids. So now, it's more humiliation than embarrassment in yeah. this case. And it's kind of, you know, the plot of the story because he's not quite strong yet so right. it's understandable but you know he's he's punching them and they're just not flinching he's blasting I mean, them and their clothes are fine i love the scene where he's punching 18 in the face and she's just looking at him right. <laughs> it's great i have um my first cell i ever got and i guess it's my only real cell actually is um trunks's head getting stepped on by 17 <laughs> i still have it prominently placed in my yes, bedroom indeed <laughs> You'd think I'd find a more glamorous shot of Trunks to get, but they're all like $500. That's true. So I got the one that was like $200, (laughs) and it was just Trunks' head getting stepped on. Well, Mary, how about the number four most embarrassing Trunks moment? All right. How'd you like to get hit on? By who? Jeff? Sure, why not? Hey. I was mostly thinking your grandma. Would you like that? Oh. Ew. Who's grandma? Trunks' grandma. Well, okay then. Except she's hitting on Trunks. Yeah, that's a little weird. Now, I don't remember. At this point, does she know who he is? She never knows who anyone is. No, I don't think she... Oh, you know what? I'm terrible. I should have researched this Oh, jeez. Um, obviously, she knows baby trunks. Right. But I don't know that she's put two and two together. She's so ditzy. She probably you know what? I think, I think she does know. Really? Yeah, because I think um, it's both him and Vegeta. They showed up at their house. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, Vegeta, you're so strong and handsome. Oh, and trunks, you grow up to be so good looking. Or, you know, she's just... <laughs> Right. Go well, she'll hit on them. anyone. Yeah, If pretty much. the only one around, she'll tap that. She hits whatever. on Goku, too. Yeah. Uh, number three. Uh, the great scene at the beginning of movie seven where Krillin, Master Roshi, Oolong, and Trunks are at the mall waiting for a beauty pageant, a bikini beauty pageant, I think, <laughs> to to start. The pitchy pitchy garu. He wants to play puff puff with all the, the contestants, and right. Trunks is just sitting there like... What? He's not a normal 17-year-old. No. In fact, at, at this point, he might be 18 because he went back, yeah, he's back to the before. future. Yeah. So he's just standing there like, what's with these hormonal people? <laughs> he's probably great. like the three horniest characters in the whole show are <laughs> yeah, at the mall right now. And then there's poor Trunks like, what? <laughs> Girls? <laughs> And I think Krillin makes a, a remark like, hey, don't corrupt Trunks' poor soul, you guys. <laughs> great moment, great scene. I love what they did there. But we're going to move on to number two. Number two is a classic scene. It's um, mm-hmm. when Trunks has first arrived into the present time, and he's already killed Frieza and King Cold. Mm-hmm. At this point, they're just waiting for Goku to show up, so they're all just kind of sitting around in the wasteland doing nothing. So Trunks takes this opportunity to um, scope out his dad. 
I not, mean, not in that kind of way. Right? Although He's uh, just enthralled. Very much. Because he, he's never seen his dad before, so he's right. just, he's looking at him saying, And his wow. mom told him not to expect much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Trunks has been eyeing Vegeta, and Vegeta's kind of been pretending like he doesn't know, but finally he gets... Finally he lets him know. He's like, hey. What are you looking at? <laughs> stop staring at me. Take a and, picture and, and last longer. And Trunks is like, oh, sorry, and promptly goes back to looking at the ground. <laughs> Poor kid had no spine. No. That's why I like him. <laughs> Mary, the number one most embarrassing Trunks moment. All right, so we've got Trunks being hit on by his grandma. Mm-hmm. How does it get any worse than that? Well, you take it one stage further. Uh-oh. Yeah, how about Bulma hitting on Trunks? No. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, intentional or not, in every instance, Trunks ends up blushing like a goofball. And it's just cute. Like, oh, dude, you know it's your mom at this point. Like, in the oh, beginning, yeah. Bulma didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Trunks she, she knows. He knows. She knows. And she's still doing it to him. <laughs> it's good stuff. And it's there's, awkward. There's a lot of instances. There's when he first shows up. There's when um, they're both looking for the cell egg in the forest. Right. There's when Trunks has finished training in the room of time and or room spirit, spirit and time. time. And he's got his long hair and Bulma goes running up to him, yanking on his hair, saying, is that a wig? Oh my god, your hair. <laughs> and he's blushing. She just makes him uncomfortable. A lot. And she says some maybe inappropriate things about him and his looks and his body and his hair. And and she's always saying, don't you think you have such an attractive mom? Yeah. I think that's like the one line from when they're Definitely. in the forest. Yeah. What do you think of your attractive young mother? And he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> I think that was his response. You know, it is uh, part of uh, anime zen, though, that there has to be one instance of incest in order for a series yes. to actually be good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and for that to be in Dragon Ball makes it that much better. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Mary, thank you for that list. Thank you. Uh, I was happy gonna, to do that. Are you going to continue onwards from here with lists? I would like to. We'll try. Whether or not it's on a regular basis, I don't know, but definitely as much we as you can. We got an overwhelming feedback about bringing back the top five lists, and a lot of people have been sending in ideas. If you want to send in more ideas, please feel free to do so. We will adapt some of your lists. Send them into podcast at dizex.com. And speaking of that email address, the month is nearly ours, not really anything until May, so I'll just get the emails. Jeff, since you're here, oh my God. you might as well just read the emails for that's us. A, that's a long fucking email. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. This one, this is actually, I'm glad you're here because we now have someone else's opinion on things. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have you slide in over to the mic here. Okay. This email comes to us from Dogasu, from Dogasu's Backpack. And <laughs> I've used this website to learn that Dogasu is the Japanese name for the character we know as Coffee from Pokemon. Hmm. And he runs a Pokemon site and he's got some interesting things to say. So let's check in with them. Dogasu writes, I have been a big fan of the podcast for a while now and enjoy it immensely. After listening to episode 70 and hearing you guys talk about the typical fans' aversion to the Japanese version, I was reminded of what I've experienced with Pocket Monsters, otherwise known as Pokemon. I run a Pocket Monsters website. I love that he still calls it Pocket Monsters, <laughs> you know? It's like, it makes me sound good saying it. <laughs> I run a Pocket Monsters website that focuses more on the Japanese version than the English version, so the Japanese names are just second nature to me. When I see a picture of the protagonist, I think Satoshi, not Ash Ketchum. However, over the years, I've found that the majority of Pokemon fans in the English-speaking world are so anti-Japanese that it's not even funny. A great example of this is the release of the newest generation of games, Diamond and Pearl. The games came out in Japan in September, and the anime series Pocket Monsters Diamond and Pearl started at that time as well. 
For the past six months or so, fans have been referring to the 100 or so new Pokemon that debuted in these games by their Japanese names. Same with the new human characters who have debuted in the anime. They've been playing import versions of the Japanese games, which is an RPG, and have been downloading raw versions of the newest Japanese episodes because there isn't anyone who's releasing fan subs at this time. The Japanese version is not inaccessible. While the character names that Nintendo of America is going to be using for the English versions of the game slash anime were leaked late last month, and ever since then the overwhelming majority of fans on the internet have switched to English only. I've asked people why they were so quick to abandon the Japanese names that they've been using for the past six months or so, and the responses were usually something like, the English version is what I'll be familiar with, so those are the names I'm going to use, or they're easier to write. The thing is, the English version of the anime doesn't debut in the US until April 20th, and the games won't be released here until the 22nd. Nowadays, any Pokemon fan who dares to use the Japanese names are seen as being elitist or snobby, something that we're definitely familiar with, (laughs) and are told to move to Japan (laughs) if we We like the Japanese name so much. There's even this trend for message board posters to write, blank is better, with blank being a Japanese name, uh, making fun of the fact that many katakana words have that extra U at the end due to the way the language is set up. It's truly a one-sided fandom. I'm not as into the online Dragon Ball scene as you guys are, but it's hard to imagine a fandom that's as anti-Japanese pro-dub as the Pokemon fandom. This is completely fascinating. It is. Very. Now, I'm actually not sure what my response is to this, because I definitely see both sides of the argument I can totally understand the I guess what you would call the dub argument for it but I totally understand the the other side of it where it's like you've been watching this in Japanese you're familiar with the Japanese it's why I've seen you write so why all of a sudden are you abandoning that and uh, The only thing I can come up with is that, I mean, let's be honest, the Pokemon TV series is nothing more than a marketing device for the games. Now, you can say that the Dragon Ball TV series is also a marketing device for the fandom and the property in general, but since it started as a manga, whereas Pokemon started as a video game, and that's the main thing they're trying to sell, I I think there's a little bit of a difference there, and I'm not sure where that even leads me into, but it is truly fascinating to hear some other perspective like this. You never think, oh, there's fans of the Japanese version of Pokemon. But I actually can understand that because I'm going to bring in my Pokemon cred here. Oh, shit. Here Uh-oh. it comes. Oh, no. One of my first eBay purchases. Let me see if I can find it. This is a two-CD set. It is a drama CD and the original soundtrack and a little booklet to the first Pokemon movie. Mewtwo no Gyakushu, or Mewtwo's uh, Strike Back or Counterattack or however you'd like to translate it. I fucking love this first movie in Japanese. The soundtrack is absolutely amazing. It is awesome. I am also disgustingly in love with Masachika Ichimura, who played Mewtwo in Japanese. His voice, holy shit, is it awesome. So, uh, that's my Pokemon cred. Just movie one. I got the first movie fan subbed, um, four came out in the US, and I just loved it to death. And, uh, yeah. So, what do you guys think about 
what we've heard from Dogosu here, with fans who've been using the Japanese names and then abandoning them in favor of the American ones, I almost feel like there's such a deluge of, this is what it is in America. And there's like a committee behind coming up with the names, and they try really hard to preserve some puns, like Squirtle. That's not his name in Japanese, but there is some really clever thought behind that, and those kind of names. So what do you guys think? Mary, okay. get some thoughts on Well, there. I don't blame them for making the changes they need to make because the game has to be marketable in the U.S. No, I, I, I don't even think that comes into question. I think it's more the fandom side of okay, things. Okay, well, it's very... It sounds like it's extremely difficult to be a fan of the Japanese version in America. It's hard for us, and I don't want to say Pokemon is a level below us, but in the eyes of the general public, in a sense that that series is not available in Japanese legally in this country. In Dragon Ball, we don't have that problem. Right. So, I mean, at least with Dragon Ball fandom, you have the easy option to watching the show in either language. In in the U.S., there is no option legally. To watch it in Japanese, so you're almost kind of fucked, and you almost kind of have to conform, so of course you're going to get ridiculed if you go the extra mile to find out about the Japanese version. So I can see how easy it is to label someone as a snob, because they are going through that extra effort to... Not that they are a snob, but I think it's very admirable. Yeah, definitely. But I can see how other people would mistake that as being snobby and trying to one-up people with their fandom. And we even talked about that in, I think it was this episode, episode 70, where we were talking about that. Where, especially online, if you show that you know something, people take that as, oh, I know this, I know it better than you do, and I'm better than you. Even though you might not necessarily say that. But people just take it as that. Jeff, what do you think? It's, it's hard to say, because, I mean, um, I don't know, I think I'm having even, like, some trouble figuring out. I mean, I'm so used to Pokemon as the American version of the show, like the English dub, anyway. It almost seems like an American cartoon, because it it's so really, Americanized. It, it really does. I mean, uh, I was... When it came out, I saw the first episode when it first aired. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember watching it on TV the first time it aired, the first ever airing of it, and just being like, wow, this is actually really entertaining, but oh my god, you know what? This is going to explode, and I'm going to hate it. I bet you anything. (laughs) And of course, it just so happens. This happened with me and the Spice Girls, too. I watched (laughs) the first time... the first time wannabe. I have this recorded. Yeah, okay. Well, the first time wannabe, the music video showed at like 1 a.m. one morning on MTV, and I was watching it and going, wow, they're pretty hot, but I don't know, this is going to annoy me. I shouldn't like this. I shouldn't like this, but this is going to annoy me in a couple months. And needless to say, they still annoy the living shit out of me. But um, with Pokemon, I don't know. It's kind of, I mean, I never actually thought of what the perspective could be from fans of the Japanese and the English. So, I mean, like, it's kind of hard to say because I've never actually encountered anyone who is a fan of the Japanese because mm. there's so many fans of the English one. Because that's all there is. That's all there is. Right. It, it, does it really matter that if you know the Japanese, you're a snob? I, I mean, th- if you're going to call someone a snob for them knowing the Japanese, then you, in turn, are also a snob. You're so, an ignorant snob. <laughs> so a- as far as I'm concerned, just ignore the crap out of these people because you're probably in a forum filled with 12-year-olds who don't know any better. <laughs> I think that sums it up. That's usually the perpetual age of Pokemon fans. I- I guess. I mean, they never age. (laughs) I played through most of Yellow, and I haven't played since. Now, here's what I want to say to Dogasu. I've been hearing so many phenomenal things about Diamond and Pearl. All these people that were like, yeah, I haven't played it in years, and I haven't really been interested. They're like, oh my god, I I am in love with this game. Like, all the editors from all the magazines are just in love with Pokemon again. So, Dogasu, I expect an email before Tuesday... I'm going to be going to pick up SNK vs. Capcom Cardfighters Clash DS. 
when I'm at the store, I need you to already have sent me an email convincing me why I need to buy either Diamond or Pearl. Because I would love to play it again. Things are going to be awesome. But you need to tell me why I'm going to buy this game. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. We have one more email. It's going to be a pretty short one. This one comes to us from Cartoon Boy. I think sent us emails a long time ago. But we have one more email from Cartoon Boy. And Cartoon Boy says, Hey guys, still loving the podcast. I have a couple questions. I was searching Funimation's Z-Store and was reading the info of the first starter box set of the ultimate uncut special editions of Dragon Ball Z. And at the end of the description it read, This is the story you haven't been told. This is Dragon Ball Z Shokai? Hmm. So my question is, what exactly does Shokai mean? Is this just another random act of Funimation trying to be cool by using Japanese words, or does it actually have a meaning? Uh, also, what happened? What happened? <laughs> what happened? Someone set us up the bomber. <laughs> what happened to Mary's top five list? Indeed, what did happen to it? Did we just listen to it? I think, I think we, we did. did I think we did. Thank you for your response. I never noticed this, that Funimation wrote this. I had no idea. Well, it, I know. It's total typical Funimation kind of thing. There is indeed a word, Shokai. It's a long O sound. Now, it's written with two different kanji, and depending on how you write the word, uh, I think it's the second kanji, it can mean as a noun, introduction, and when written with different kanji, it can mean trading company, or it can mean reference or inquiry. So I think what Funimation was trying to do with this is go for the introduction, because it was the first season of DBZ, first episodes, very beginning of DBZ. So they're saying, this is the introduction to DBZ, and because it's ultimate uncut special and it has Japanese, they use Shokai, which is pretty retarded. Funimation is lead. <laughs> Mad lead. Well, they try to be. Um, that's pretty much all there is to it. That's what Shokai means. So uh, there you go. If you would like to send us emails, questions, comments, anything you have for the podcast, uh, send it on over to us at podcast at dizex.com. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at... Podcast? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> at... DizeyX.com and uh, Broly Legs Cryberries. Oh, Jesus. Speaking of, let's talk about the contest. We are giving away Dragon Ball Z Movie 8 on DVD next week. You have one more week to get in your entries, so you're going to send in your contest entries to contest at dizex.com, and you have to have something in the subject. It doesn't really matter what it is, but in the body of the email, and this is Mary's idea, you have to write a haiku about Broly, and that is five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. We've had some great entries so far. seems like most people are thinking along the same lines, which I wasn't expecting, but it's funny as hell. So... Send us in a haiku about Broly. Be sure to send in your entries by Friday, April 27th at 12 noon. And uh, we will pick a random winner, but we will be sure to read their entry on the show. And if we get any other particularly uh, amusing or horrifying entries, we'll read those as well. But it will be a random winner. So this is DBZ Movie 8 on DVD. It's the Funimation release. It's the unedited. It's got the Japanese version on there. Steve subtitles. It's actually reminded it also has a featurette about Legacy of Goku 2 for Game Boy Advance. Uh, it's actually a really neat one where they show um, kind of the art and all the production that goes into the game. 
So cool stuff. And that's going to wrap up this episode of Dyson Chewy X, the podcast. Mary. Mike. It's the end of the show. Aw. We need to uh, close the audio programs and get on over to the video programs. Yes. Yeah. that's why Jeff's here. Hi. So, I will talk to you momentarily, Mary. Oh, okay. Jeff. Yes. Bye. Well, you just came. Hi. Hey. I just got here. going to kick me out. Yeah, I can leave. Oh, nice yeah. scene. You get to go in the room with the cat. You're going to be back pretty yeah, soon cats. in a couple weeks to do uh, episode volume four of the manga yes. review of awesomeness yes. analysis. We should probably limb that out. So it's almost the end of April. Yeah, I know. It's going to be like two weeks until the episode. It's two weeks, mm-hmm. right? Weeks, yeah. So we'll see you in two weeks. Sweet. Mary, mm-hmm. you are from templeotrunks.com. That's right. As well as his podcast. But. And where can you find Temple O Trunks and his embarrassing moments? Oh, yes. Check out the screen cap section for additional images and hilarity. Uh, Temple Trunks can be found at www.templeotrunks.com. Cool stuff. So head on over to the Temple O Trunks and head on over to Daisenshu EX. While you're there, we have a forum thread for every episode where we have uh, supplemental images and links from the show notes and discussions, what people think about everything. You can also find us in the chat. And uh, that is all cool stuff. So for Jeff over here, and for Mary, and for Julian, who is off yonder at Anime Boston, which I believe takes place in Boston. Cucamonga. <laughs> I am Mike Labrie, Vegito EX, and I just want to wake up. <laughs>